Welcome. You're listening to the Voice of Vedanta podcast from the Vedanta Society of Southern California. Visit us on the web at vedanta.org. Om Asatoma Sadgamaya Tamasoma Jyotirgamaya Mrityurma Amritam Gamaya Om Shanti 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 Om Lead us from the unreal to the real Lead us from darkness unto light Lead us from death unto immortality Om Peace, Peace, Peace we were studying the Drigdrishya Viveka and we are almost virtually at the end of the text, which is a part of our introduction to Vedanta series. Um, the 42nd verse. We did up to the 41st verse last time. The 42nd verse. Paramartika Jeevastu Paramartika jivastu Brahmaikyam paramartikam Brahmaikyam paramartikam Pratyeti vikshate nanyat Pratyeti vikshate nanyat Ikshate tuanritatmanam Ikshate tuanritatmanam The witness the witness self knows itself to be one with Brahman, knows its own Brahman nature and does not know anything else as existing or even if it is aware of anything else, the world, it is aware of it, of the world as false, as an appearance. What does it mean? At the point where we are in the Drigdrishya Viveka, we have already completed the major portion of the text. Now, the author has sort of appended a section towards the end where he takes up a single question. The question is this. After the entire teaching that I am existence consciousness bliss, if I reflect upon this teaching for a while, it's very natural to have a question. If I am Brahman, then who is this individual? Who is the individual who is under ignorance? Who is the individual coming to learn Vedanta? Because Brahman does not, uh, is never under ignorance. Brahman does not need Vedanta. Then who is this person? You are saying, I am Brahman. Then, then who is the person who is uh, trying to get liberation? Why should Brahman try to get liberation? So what is the nature of the individual self? That is the question. It's inevitable. This question will come up. To answer that, the author says, Think of how you experience yourself as an individual. How do we experience ourselves as an individual? In three individuals he speaks about, three experiences as an individual. One is the way we experience ourselves in our dreams. When we go to sleep, we have dreams and we are there in our own dreams. We create a dream world and while we are in the dreams, we do not think it's a dream. It seems real to us. And we are very much there. We are part of it. 
That is one individual experience we have as ourselves in the dream world. When we wake up, we wake up to this reality. Here we are. Every day we go to sleep, we dream perhaps, and then wake up and we come back to this life. So this is another individual experience we have. We experience ourselves as individuals in the waking world. These are the two experiences which we have as individuals, all of us have, whether we come to Vedanta or not. But what we have learned throughout this text is that we are really the witness self. We are not this person we experience ourselves to be. This person, Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so, this person is also an object of our awareness. We are aware of ourselves as this person who has come uh, to learn Vedanta, who has got this life history. This person with its hopes and frustrations, ambitions, dreams. This person is also observed. Who or what is observing this person? Beyond the body, beyond the mind, the witness of body and mind, that consciousness is what this text calls the Sakshi, the witness. So that's another experience we have, that, uh, or we, we are seeking ourselves to know ourselves as that witness self. Three selves it speaks of. Who is the individual? The dream self. Every night we dream and we are in the dream, that's the dream self. The waking self, which we experience ourselves as, this person. And with the help of Vedanta, we realize we are the witness. Now he has given three names to it. The dream self he calls the Pratibhasika Jiva, the illusory self. The waking self he calls the Vyavaharika Jiva, the transactional or empirical self. And the witness, the pure consciousness witness, which we learnt about from this text, he calls it the Paramarthika Jiva, the Absolute Self. Now he's speaking about the Absolute Self. He says, the Absolute Self is one with Brahman. In fact, we realize ourselves as the Absolute Self only when we realize that we are one with Brahman. The pure consciousness, the witness of the mind is the one which is one with Brahman. When in Vedanta, Advaita Vedanta, we come across the Mahavakya, the great statements of identity. Tattvamasi, Aham Brahmasmi, Ayamatma Brahma, Pragyanam Brahma, one from each of the Vedas. All of them say the same thing, that you are Brahman. In these identity statements, the you they are talking about, the you they are talking about is this witness you. Not the waking individual, not the dream individual. The dream individual, Pratibhasika Jiva, is not one with Brahman. The waking individual, the Vyavaharika Jiva, is not one with Brahman. The Vyavaharika Jiva thinks of itself as uh, related to this body and mind. The Paramarthika Jiva, the absolute individual, the witness, is one with Brahman. So when the Upanishad says, Tattvam Asi, that thou art, that Brahman, Existence, consciousness, bliss. Thou art, O student, you are Brahman. Which you is, are they talking about? It is this witness self. is Paramarthika Jiva. Now it goes on to say that the Paramarthika Jiva does not see anything else. Experiences all as Brahman, does not see anything else. Or if it does, it sees the other as an appearance. What does it mean? 
There can be two interpretations of this. When we realize ourselves as existence consciousness bliss, the verse tells us, you do not see anything else. Now if this person is in samadhi, in a state of mystic absorption, obviously the person will not experience anything as any other object, nothing in the world outside. We get so many examples of this in the Gospel of Sri Ramakrishna. Whenever he would go into samadhi, one common characteristic was he would be unaware of the external world, even unaware of his own body. There was a doctor who tested him. He was standing, the descriptions are he standing like a picture. So absolutely beyond transcending the body. And the doctor actually poked his eyelid and his eyeball with a finger to see if the natural reaction is there. And there was no reaction. They took a pulse. There's no pulse. So much absorption. So this person in deep samadhi, in deep mystic absorption is not experiencing anything as they say here. But what is, a, there is a deeper meaning here. Not just samadhi. What is meant here is, when one realizes oneself as Brahman, one realizes everything is Brahman, and hence does not realize, does not see anything as other than himself. Maybe experiencing the world. Everything that this person experiences is Brahman. May, may not be in samadhi, maybe with eyes open and talking with us and walking around, and seeing everything and touching and smelling and tasting, all of that this person experiences as Brahman, not as anything other than Brahman. So are the two possible interpretations clear? When the verse says the absolute self, Paramarthika Jiva, knows itself to be Brahman and does not see anything else, this does not see anything else can have two interpretations. If it is a state of Samadhi, then the mind is absorbed in Samadhi, hence it's impossible for this person to see anything else. But a better interpretation, more Advaitic interpretation would be, this person realizes everything to be Brahman. So whatever this person actually sees, he does not, this enlightened person does not see it to be other than his own self, Brahman. He sees those things, but not as an other. Or, if he does see another, he says, Anritatmana. Supposing he does see it as other, as what kind of other will he see it as? He will see it as an appearance, like a, a snake in a rope, or like a mirage water, water in the desert. So once you realize that the water is not really there, in a mirage, seems like an oasis water there, but there's no real water there. Once you realize that there is no real water, when we have this experience, oh, it's just a mirage. Then we look back again upon it and we still see the water. We're still seeing the water. But now we know there is no water there. It's an appearance. It's false. So this person may actually see the world as an other, but as a false other, as an appearance, as a presentation without any kind of uh, substance to it, any reality to it. The reality all belongs to Brahman. Brahman alone is the reality. So this is the meaning. Now the author will conclude the text with a beautiful example. Remember the three experiences of the self. The illusory self, our dream self. The transactional or empirical self, our waking self, the one we are, the person we are right now. Or we think our we are. And the witness consciousness, the absolute self, the three. Now he compares them to 
water, wave and foam. The still water is whipped up into a wave and on the crest of the wave appears a little bit of foam. Now the foam is like the dream self which we have in our dreams. I in my own dream, not recognizing it to be a dream, thinking of it to be real, just for the duration of the dream. That is like the foam. And underneath the foam is the wave, which is what we are right now, the empirical self. It's a very beautiful example. And underneath that, when the wave subsides, what will be there? Calm water. Before the wave, what was it? Calm water. After the wave subsides, what will it be? Calm water. So the water is, con is, is uh, compared to the Paramarthika Jiva, the Absolute Self. Now the thing to understand here is this. When it is a wave, is it water or not? Of course. When it is foam on top of a wave, is the foam water or not? Of course. When the foam disappears into the, into the wave, it's still the same water. When the wave subsides back into the calm ocean, into, into, the, into uh, the water itself, it's still the same water. Calm water, wave, foam are all the same water. In the same way, when we experience the dream self, or whether we are experiencing our waking selves just now, or the, we realize ourselves to be existence, consciousness, bliss, the, the absolute self. It's always that absolute self, existence, consciousness, bliss. This is one thing to be realized. It's not like now that this uh, waking self is there, so I'm not the absolute self. Or the dream self, I'm in my dreams, I'm not the absolute self. No, we are always that absolute self. Now the example he gives is this. Water has certain qualities. It is fluid. It is cool, it is uh, sweet, that's what he'll say. Now, the coolness, the sweetness, the fluidity of water, it's there in the water as such. When the water is whipped up into a wave, the wave, if you, if you taste it, it's just as sweet if it's fresh water. If not, Pacific Ocean will be salty. And it is cool and it is fluid. When it's further whipped up into foam, it still retains the same qualities of coolness, of fluidity, and, uh, and uh, the taste. Exactly in the same way, the consciousness, existence, and bliss of Brahman shine through in our present waking states and in our dream self also. The consciousness, just as the fluidity of the water, is the same fluidity in the wave, the fluidity in the wave is the same fluidity of the water, it's not different. In the same way, the consciousness which we are experiencing right now is nothing other than the consciousness, it, it's nothing other than Brahman. It is Brahman, covered with name and form, identified with name and form. The existence, the existence which we experience within ourselves and in this universe of experience, all of that is nothing other than Brahman itself. The bliss we experience, the various kinds of joys we get in this world, worldly joys and maybe spiritual ecstasies, whatever, all of that is just a reflection of the bliss of Brahman. So, 
the our existence we feel in our dreams the consciousness awareness we have in the dreams the the uh, joy if we get some joy in the dream that is all that belongs to brahman that is brahman itself shining forth whatever of we of the existence consciousness bliss we have experience in the waking is also brahman itself existence consciousness bliss shining forth and that's what he's going to say now ಮಾಧುರ್ಯದ್ರವಶೈತ್ಯಾಧರ್ಮಸ್ತರಂಗಕೆಧರ್ಮಸ್ತರಂಗಕೆಧರ್ಮಸ್ತರಂಗಕ
That is Brahman. You see, this person will not get free. Freedom, moksha is not for the person. Freedom or moksha is from the person. It's from the person. You as Mr. or Mrs. so-and-so will not become a liberated person. Now I, am, I was Mr. so-and-so, now I am Mr. Brahman. No. Brahman will realize this, this person as an appearance within itself. As I was appearing as that person. But really, I am the existence, consciousness and bliss which was borrowed by that, that so-called person. 45. Laiphenasya tad dharma Dravadhyasya starangake Dravadhyasya starangake Tasyapi vilaye nire Tasyapi vilaye nire Tishthantye te yathapura As the foam merges back into the wave The qualities of the foam The coolness, fluidity and the taste They all remain in the wave They merge back into the wave from where it was borrowed As the wave merges back into water The qualities of the wave The fluidity, the coolness and the taste They all remain in the water From which the wave had borrowed them Exactly in the same way what happens to us when we wake up from a dream into this waking life and when we wake up from this waking life into enlightenment. What happens? Let's see. 46. Pratibhasika jivasya Pratibhasika jivasya Layesyo vyavaharike Layesyo vyavaharike Tallaye Satchidananda Tallaye Satchidananda Pariyavasyanti Sakshini As the Pratibhasika Jiva, the illusory self, merges back into the Vyavaharika Jiva, the transactional waking self, it's just a fancy way of saying, I wake up from my dream. As I wake up from my dream, I get up and say, Oh, I was dreaming. I was just all the time here on my bed. I was sleeping and dreaming. What has happened? The illusory self, the one I was, the person who was doing lots of things in the, in the dream world, that person is merged back into the person who has woken up. Exactly in the same way, when I'll be enlightened, when I get enlightenment, this little individuality, this little individuality which I consider myself to be, I am Swami so-and-so, merges back or is realized to be nothing other than existence absolute, consciousness, consciousness absolute, and bliss absolute. Now, don't think about yourself uh, sort of melting into a puddle or something like that, you know, <laughs> the body disappearing. It's, it's in knowledge. You realize yourself to always have been infinite existence, consciousness, and bliss. This little person, this body and mind will still continue. It will not disappear in a flash of light or smoke. It will still continue, but it will be realized to be existence, consciousness, bliss. And everything else in the universe will be one with you as existence, consciousness, bliss. 
Okay, a question? We'll take, there's, we have a mic here. We'll take that one question. Yes. So is that which is continuing to not know the same snake throughout, non All right. appearing as the same So the question is un this when as long as this not knowing continues. Technically in Advaita this not knowing is called avidya or ajnana. As long as it continues we will not realize ourselves to be that infinite existence consciousness place. We will think of ourselves as this person. This person in search of the ultimate reality or whatever, but not that ultimate reality. We'll think of ourselves as a limited person. As long as we think of ourselves as a limited person, we will be subject to desire because we feel limited, unfulfilled. And as long as we are subject to desire, desire to attain which is pleasant and avoid that which is unpleasant, which is perceived to be unpleasant. Pleasant and unpleasant to whom? Pleasant to that person and unpleasant to that person. And when we pursue this kind of a life, the work that we do based on that desire is going to give results, good and bad. And we are trapped. We have to get those results. Good results lead to happy experiences. Bad results lead to, bad results means papa, leads to unhappy experiences. And these happy and unhappy experiences, sukha and dukkha, we will have to experience them because they are the result of our own karma and hence new births, birth after birth, birth and death will continue. Once we, yeah, once we realize ourselves to be existence consciousness bliss, we are no longer that limited person and no longer subject to that not knowingness. Now we are no longer subject to desire and hence no longer subject to action prompted by desire and hence no longer subject to the effects of that action. Without the effects of that action, no more birth, no more death. In Sanskrit, avidya, kama, karma. Shankaracharya often uses this phrase, avidya, kama, karma. Ignorance, desire, action, and therefore, births and deaths. But it is a specific continuity until we do realize Yes, a specific... True, Vedanta holds that it's a specific continuity. It's a specific continuity of that subtle body. Sukshma Shari, the physical body drops off, that subtle body goes from body to body, and so there is an individual, a person who gets reincarnated again and again. Here, Buddhism would have a different point of view, but I'm not going into that. Yes. We'll just have the mic, speak into the mic. Karika, yes.
examining the terms of your own experience, which is why the three states of consciousness become so crucial, uh, the bedrock of this whole thing. And you realize as different as these experiences seem to be, there is this unbroken thread, which is the continuity, which is our glimpse into what the subtlety is that cannot be seen, cannot be heard, cannot be uh, verified, cannot be apprehended, and so on. So, having granted this, from the philosophy I say, we are not going to go with anything but the deepest, subtlest truth, which is not that which you see here, uh, which is obliterated again and again for problems. And yet, it seems that Hinduism and Buddhism too, then turn back like the verse to page 25 and tell you about this word, karma. Now, karma is then thrown in. It is not something verifiable. It is to be taken on, uh, as an explanation of the system. Just true that every, every uh, system of thought or philosophy has to have some explanation. And in the theistic one, in the dualistic one, uh, you have different explanations. It uh, um, might be uh, normal heaven, it might be heaven and hell, uh, because they're very fanciful. We don't buy it. Similarly, you're being asked to take this whole thing of uh, karma. So is that the question about... about Remember, in Advaita Vedanta, they, they speak of three levels of reality. The Paramarthika, the absolute reality, Vavaharika, transactional or our um, relative reality, and Pratibhasika, the level of illusion, dream and error. Now, karma pertains to the second level. That is the Vavaharika reality, our um, transactional reality. And here, if you think about it, what is the law of karma? It is simply causality. In fact, it is the very basis of all our reasoning. All scientific reasoning, any kind of rationality in our day-to-day -day world is nothing other than causality. When you ask why, you're basically asking for a cause. The law of karma is nothing other than a version of the law of, of causality. Cause leads to effect. Every effect must have a cause. Every cause must have effect. It's based on that. So it's not, it's not stretching, uh, it's not a big demand on, on our credulity. And Advaita, Shankaracharya clearly, he himself cuts down, in no uncertain terms, he cuts down the law of karma. Saying Brahman ultimately is the only reality. It is a, a temporary, a makeshift, improvised explanation. Yeah. That, All right. That is very yes, that is true. So, in the final verse, finally final, this is... Uh, because he had already ended the uh, purport of the text long ago. In the final verse, the author tells us, just as the, our dream individual disappears into the waking individual, the waking individual disappears into the witness individual, the absolute individual, Paramartika Jiva, which is none other than Brahman, which is as another way of saying we realize ourselves to be pure consciousness, pure existence, pure bliss. Now, this was a journey we took together, Drik Drishya Viveka, this text, we studied it over the past few months. Um, it's an introduction to Vedanta. 
Now, the introduction series will not end here. It's just getting started. If you thought this was the heights of philosophy, the, the highest uh, realms of speculation, or very, very, uh, uh, very subtle, difficult to grasp, well, we are just getting started. <laughs> the next text we will take up in our series, uh, we have planned to take up, is Aparoksha Anubhuti. Literally translates into, wait for it, direct realization of the absolute. Aparoksha Anubhuti, direct experience of the absolute. So, Aparoksha Anubhuti. That's a text by Shankaracharya. It's also an introductory text, but an introductory uh, text which is several steps above this one. And it's a very powerful text, and it's a very strong dose. So that's what we are going to start from the next class onwards. Uh, if you like, you can purchase the books. They are available in the uh, bookshop. Or if you come in the next class, we will arrange to uh, give you the books here. We, you can, we can buy the books right here uh, outside the class. Now, let me conclude with a chant and then reveal your, yes, we are still have the class to go. So I'll reveal the surprise. Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Tat Sat Shri Ram Krishna Rupanamastu Today we have the rare privilege of hosting a very senior monk of our order. Um, Swami Atma Ji Maharaj is amongst us today. Uh, he is at present the head of our Ramakrishna Mat in Kanchipuram, which is in uh, Tamil Nadu. And uh, before this, he was the head of our Vivekananda College in Chennai. Before that, for many, many years, for more than one and a half decades, he was in uh, the head of our center in Sri Lanka. And he's a very senior monk. He got his sannyasa in 1981, which means he has been a, a monk of our order for more than 45 years now, 40 to 45 years now. Uh, the Swami is a, a very loving and affectionate Swami. We all know him in our order in, in, back in India. He's very well known. And uh, he's an inspiring speaker and an even more inspiring singer, which explains the harmonium. When it was being set up, I could hear somebody whispering in the, you know, with the horrified tones, is he going to sing? <laughs> uh, not me, you're lucky. <laughs> the Swami is a wonderful singer, so he has agreed to uh, render a bhajan for us also. I would like to respectfully invite revered Swami Atmakarananji Maharaj to come up here and address us and also give us the promised song, bhajan.
Shri 
जगदम्बिके करुणा रूपिने हे माता हे माता प्रेम रूपिने जय शारदे जगदम्बिके करुणा Rupini Karuna Rupini Karuna Rupini Karuna Now I am. 
I'm really very blessed that I could visit this country. I came as a pilgrim. This land was very much blessed by the presence of Swami Vivekananda and by his inspiring speeches. In fact, Swami Vivekananda gave most of his message from this land only. So this land is in fact more blessed than perhaps the place of his birth, I should say. And he was in the height of his spiritual moods here. So, I feel really blessed Sri Ramakrishna has given me this wonderful opportunity which I never expected, never, 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 not even in dream. I thought I would one day come visit these places. So, I am really very happy and what I found was wonderful devotees. So eager devotees, sincere devotees and the message that Swamiji gave or that you are hearing even just uh, some time back, the Vedanta. The message of Vedanta, uh, still it is very abstract for us, very difficult to catch. It's just a verbal knowledge. Well, is it possible to have some experience? After all, as Swamiji said, religion is an experience, a realization, manifestation. Is there any way to experience that ultimate truth? Vedanta, of course, is the ultimate truth, ultimate reality. You may call it as Brahman or Atman or by any name. We must experience. Before we die, we must have some experience. People, ordinary people like us, with our limited knowledge, with, our, with all our weakness, drawbacks, is there any possibility to experience that ultimate truth? And for the sake of devotees like us only, that ultimate reality takes birth, takes the human form. By experiencing that those avatara purushas, prophets, we get to know, get to experience that ultimate truth. Anugrahaya bhutana manusham dehamastita, as the Bhagavata says. Anugrahaya. Bhutana Manugrahaya Manusham Devamasita. That ultimate truth descends somewhere, some part of the world at some particular period of time to give an experience of that Brahman or God or whatever you may say, which is so difficult to conceive even. 
बट हाउ टू टेस्ट वी टेस्ट दैट ब्रह्मन थ्रू दीज पर्सनैलिटीज वेन यू वी गो थ्रू द लाइफ ऑफ श्री रामकृष्ण एंड अदर डिसइपल्स इज लीला इज रिलेशनशिप विद दम थ्रू दैट our hearts are lifted to uh, we get a taste of that may not be we may not go into ecstasy as shri ram swami vekananda went into nirukapa samadhi and other disciples they had wonderful experiences it may not be that intense but yet we get some taste of that divine love that divine knowledge because of which only we keep coming every day <laughs> otherwise what brings us here swami shri ramakrishna very often he has said he described in so many ways the power of maya ignorance avidya so difficult to get over is not within our capacity unless god himself removes that lifts us out of that ignorance is not possible to experience god or reality so he has given us out of his mercy a taste of the divine love samuhara dar we have at some period of our life sometimes we find i yesterday two days back also i came across a small girl in canada her father said swami she has been blessed with diksha initiation i was surprised i said so how fortunate some people get to know all these things when they are almost at the fag end of their life you were so fortunate i said however whatever may be the period before we give up before our life comes to an end we must somehow or other have a taste of that divine love so that brahman that ultimate reality through a human form touches our heart so shri ramakrishna often used to say what is the role of purpose of avatara he comes to give devotion he alone can give god alone can give human love is very much natural to us is very much it is born with us attachment what is human love it is attachment so it comes with our birth so nobody need to teach a child to love its mother nobody need to teach a mother to love the baby is a very natural but to love god means unless you have detached yourself from the world na kamaya mana we find in the uh, bhakti sutra it is prema swarupa not kamaya mana prema means love means it is not like ordinary love worldly love worldly love is born of attachment expectation behind that there is expectation the behind that there is pain disappointment so many things but divine love it is absolute 
so we have to get it we have got a taste of it through the grace of shri ramakrishna otherwise we would not be coming daily often we want to know more and more we are so eager so this is the role of bhagwan shri ramakrishna so this vedanta which is beyond our people like us beyond our understanding beyond our experience that we get a taste of that vedanta through personalities like shri ramakrishna holy mother and their disciples not only that through you all we all <laughs> we exchange that divine love so this is a gathering of devotees devotees are a special species they are not ordinary human beings devotees are a special group of people who have been endowed with that love we exchange by looking at each other by exchanging few nice words by working together so shri ramakrishna he lifted the devotees to the level of god bhagavan bhagavata bhakta used to say so what is devotees devotees heart is the drawing room of god bhakter bhaita kana used to say god is present very much present in the devotee as he is present in the temple and not only that he is present in the bhagavata in the scripture also and today we are blessed with shri ramakrishna the gospel of shri ramakrishna and other books swami's complete works so all these the association with not only that and this ramak vedanta center ramakrishna mission centers as soon as you step in we come into holy contact when you go out we feel we are somewhere we are last in the world once you enter is something in entirely a different world so tai shri ramakrishna is leading us slowly 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 he knows our drawbacks he knows our limitations yet he loves us shri ramakrishna was mad after devotees he ran after devotees when somebody died for 3 days he could not get up he was shedding tears and complaining to mother sir why why you brought the devotees and now you are depriving me of their association why are you taking away what love you poured fill their heart ordinary people not only educated uneducated not only good people of bad character how you transform them such a person like girish chandra ghosh a drunkard man with so many evil qualities but he was transformed into such a beautiful wonderful devotee that he said no it is not difficult for me to remember god it is difficult for me to forget him what a transformation that i can cure my disease but i will not do why this body belongs to him let him do whatever he wants what surrender total surrender and what purity somebody said go and take bath in ganges no 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 why should i go and take bath in ganges i am already pure no they insisted then he went and took bath and he says now you said you won't go and now you went and i went there to give purity see babri ba 
So how much? What? So Sri Ramakrishna said, is a personification of faith. So this wonderful, what you mean by Brahman, what you mean by God or ultimate reality, that we get to know through all these Leelas. Sri Ramakrishna's play with this devote Bhajate, Tadrishi Krida, Ya Shrutva Tat Parobhavet. God comes and plays his role in such a way, he simply steals the heart of the devotees. So, I am really happy, not only in India, in this part as well, now I feel that go anywhere, you will find his devotees ready to share their love with us, give their holy company. Here in this gathering, you feel really lifted, you feel so joyful. So, Sri Ramakrishna is sitting there and he is sitting in the heart of us all, he is present in this, everywhere in this premises and a time should come when, as Maharaj described Dhrdhiksha Viveka, we should feel him at every place, at every actor. After all, when your heart is filled with the Divine Love, your very life becomes worship. Eh? So, to that level, I am sure He will lift us. So, I really thank you all for your patient hearing. I really thank Revered Maharaj for giving this opportunity to say a few words in this holy place. Thank you all. You've been listening to the Voice of Vedanta podcast from the Vedanta Society of Southern California. Thanks for listening.